Today on The Wisdom Journey, we're in Zechariah 7 through 8. It's important to remember the lessons of the past. If you have traditions, and if you keep them in proper perspective, they can help you remember those lessons. It's equally important to embrace the future that God has promised you. The past and the future revealed in the Bible are keys in motivating you to live for the Lord in the present. Stephen called this lesson, Trusting the Wrong Traditions. Unfortunately, in many churches today, I'm afraid that if the pastor started preaching some kind of false doctrine, some sort of uh, strange interpretation, the people would just sit there quietly. At the close of the service, they'd go up, shake his hand, tell him what a fine sermon it was, and then go home and eat lunch. But let the pastor get up there and suggest that the church get rid of Wednesday night dinners or change the color of the carpet, and there'd be a church split. You know, now he's messing with traditions. He's asking for trouble. Now, there's nothing wrong with traditions, and there's nothing wrong with Wednesday night dinners. Traditions are meant to honor special occasions, and frankly, we all have them. But our traditions must always uphold the truth, not take precedence over the truth, or, or even distract us from the truth. As we sail now into Zechariah chapter 7, what we have here is the prophet Zechariah being confronted with a question about a, well, a, a long-standing tradition. Let me set the stage first uh, with this opening verse here in chapter 7, which tells us that this is, this is taking place about two years after those uh, visions were recorded, we just looked at, together in our last study in chapters 1 through 6. By now, reconstruction of the temple by the former Jewish exiles is, well, it's moving forward uh, wonderfully under the encouragement of Zechariah and the prophet Haggai. But now at this point, the people of Bethel, about 12 miles north of Jerusalem, well, they send a delegation uh, to Jerusalem with a question about a tradition. Here's what they ask in verse 3. Should I weep and abstain in the fifth month as I have done for so many years? Well, what are they talking about here? Well, if you look over at chapter 8, down at verse 19, you discover that the Jewish people had been observing four annual fasts. Now, these fasts were not commanded by their law, but they had been instituted during their captivity to weep over the fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. And and this particular fast, taking place in the fifth month, was especially for the purpose of remembering the burning of the temple by the Babylonians. So you have these well-intentioned, sincere people of Bethel, and, and, and they want an answer. Now that the temple is being rebuilt, should they continue fasting, weeping, in the fifth month? Well, instead of answering their question, Zechariah asks them some questions as he's directed by the Lord. Zechariah relays these questions here to all the people of the land and the priests. Verse 5, here are the questions. When you fasted and mourned in the fifth month and in the seventh for these 70 years, was it for me that you fasted? 
And when you eat and when you drink, do you not eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves? Now, these questions are rhetorical, and the answers are obvious. They had kept the fast throughout the 70 years of captivity, but they, they, they weren't centered on the Lord. They weren't focused on the Lord at all. They were just formal acts, traditions, without any God-centered thought. The same was true of their feasting. It was really for them to you know, feel, feel better about themselves. Listen, beloved, the Lord isn't bothered by their traditions— He's really interested in their motives behind those traditions. And and I think it's rather sad to this day to see people observing religious traditions that really have nothing to do with God at all. In fact, many people today are more faithful to human traditions than they are to God. God looks at the heart. It's an obedient heart that pleases him. And this is what he's going to emphasize here in verse 9, render true judgments. Show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor. And let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. How about making these your traditions? See, Zechariah is reminding the Jewish people here that that previous generations had failed to follow God's commands. In fact, the Lord says here in verse 11, they refused to pay attention and stop their ears, that they might not hear. In other words, they're rejecting the word of God. They, they don't even want to hear his prophets either. Now, there are consequences to that kind of defiance. So the Lord says here to them in verse 13, As I called, and they would not hear, so they called, and I would not hear. So they eventually experience God's judgment. Verse 14, I scattered them among all the nations, and the pleasant land was made desolate. Now, let me tell you something, beloved. God is incredibly gracious and merciful and patient, but we need to understand he's not obligated to listen to us. We are obligated to listen to him. He's not an errand boy, you know, for the believer. He is almighty God. Now, here in chapter 8, God is urging them to obey based on the promise of future blessings both past discipline and future hope are always good motives for following the Lord, even even today. You're going to be a wise person if you learn from the consequences of sin, even if it's in the lives of other people that you know, and you watch how God deals with them. You're going to be a wise believer if you live in light of your future with the Lord one day. And here's Israel's promise for the future, verse 3. Thus says the Lord, I have returned to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Now, this, of course, is looking forward to the millennial age when Jesus Christ reigns on earth in this wonderful season, Jerusalem Uh, the headquarters, the capital city, so to speak, is going to be characterized by faithfulness to God. We're told here that the elderly are going to sit safely outdoors and children are going to be playing in the streets in total safety. Now, Zechariah uses the promises of their future relationship with the Lord to, again, motivate them to keep serving him now. Verse 9 says, "'Let your hands be strong.'" 
You who in these days have been hearing these words from the mouth of the prophets who were present on the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, that the temple might be built. Those working on the temple can continue their work, knowing they're they're part of the Lord's plan for the nation, which now culminates in this wonderfully renewed relationship in a beautifully restored land. There, there's, this is going to be their future. This is going to be our future in Christ's kingdom on earth. And for Israel, whether you're going to experience agricultural prosperity and peace like, like never before, not only will the Lord save them and redeem them as they repent, he's going to bless them. And, and they're going to be a blessing to the rest of the world throughout this kingdom age, verse 13 tells us. So in light of, uh, of this future day, the Lord says to the workers here in verse 13, Fear not, but let your hands be strong. Well, now with that, Zechariah goes back to that troubling little question you know, those people from Bethel wondered about fasting on the fifth day, and, and that was troubling them. Well, the Lord says to them now here in verse 19, that fast which recalls the fall of Jerusalem is going to be to the house of Judah now seasons of joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. <laughs> in other words, when the kingdom of Christ is established, you know, their tradition of fasting is going to be turned into a new tradition It's going to be a Thanksgiving feast, so to speak. In fact, verse 19 tells us that their feasting is going to be cheerful feasting. So chapter 8 ends with another glimpse of the millennial kingdom, that future kingdom of blessing. Redeemed Israel is not only going to enjoy the, the Lord's personal reign there from that capital city, but all the other nations around the world are going to join with them in annual traditions of worshiping the Lord in in Jerusalem. Listen, beloved, when you take to heart biblical history, that is the past, and biblical prophecy, which is the future, what happens? Well, you develop a proper perspective and attitude in the present toward those God-given responsibilities that you have today. You remember, you belong to the king. You're heading toward a glorious kingdom where Christ is going to reign on earth. And in that day, another prophet, Habakkuk, records for us, the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Well, in light of that, stay on course, run your race, whatever it is, but let joy be your traveling companion. And how can you be joyful? He's redeemed you from your past sin, and he has a future kingdom just ahead. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey in a lesson he called Trusting in the Wrong Traditions. You're listening to The Wisdom Journey. Stephen is teaching through the Bible with a new lesson each weekday. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to install the Wisdom International app on your phone. 
Once you do, you can take all of the resources that we offer wherever you go. Look for the Wisdom International app in your app store. It's free to install and use. Join us next time on The Wisdom Journey.